Hello, everybody. Welcome. As we continue on in our study now through the Old Testament, we just finished up a couple of months ago our five-year study in the New Testament. We've uh, undertaking the journey of a 15-year uh, study through the Old Testament. So we have our five-year track to back us up that we're going to do it, and that's very good. So we're pressing in and pressing on a chapter at a time through the Old Testament. We are in the book of Genesis. Uh, Genesis has a lot going on. Remember, the things I told you to look for are um, from Genesis 3.15 forward, something known as the crimson thread of redemption. And you will see that work its way throughout the Old Testament, weaving its way through to Jesus, and um, how fascinating it is, how, how protected it is by God, how often the enemy attacks it um, over and over and over and over and over again, trying to stop it. But um, God has ordained it, and it has come to pass in Jesus, and he will then soon come back for us as we study in the New Testament, but now we're looking at everything that set that up. And uh, we are in um, a few chapters here where we're talking about the, uh, the flood and, and all that that means and, and why it happens and pretty significant deal. But we've seen very quickly how evil is spread from that first sin when Adam and Eve fell, how quickly evil is spread into the world and it has gone beyond bad. Um, there, there is uh, just rampant evil and violence. There's very few left who are walking with the Lord. Um, we, we get down to, at this point in history, where God can only find Noah and his family, eight people that um, are even close, and they're far from perfect as we look at Noah and all the, all the kids and everything. We know that you know, it's not a perfect group, but um, at least they're, you know, they're, they're trying. I always call that they're living, you know, trying to do the next right thing. They're not perfect, but they're pressing in and they have a love for God and, and the rest of the world has gone completely in the other direction. And, and so the, the, it's, they, they face a judgment and it's the flood and it's sort of a reboot to everything that's been going. So, you know, as I've said, we can trace all of our ancestries, we can trace back to Adam and Eve and then ultimately we can trace them, you know, from there because I mean, we can trace them back to this point because that's, that's all that was left. Noah, his three sons and all their wives and uh, they started over. And so we, we go back to this point in time in, uh, in Genesis 6. Now, now we're in Genesis 7, and we sort of set everything up um, last week with what would happen. And then the Lord came to uh, Noah and told him to build an ark. And from the time that he was told to build an ark and, until he needed to get on the ark, it's 120 years. Um, so it's not like it happened overnight. They, they worked on this huge square box boat for 120 years because God told him to. And he said, okay, and it was a family project, and uh, because it was going to rain, and it looks like it had never rained before. You, you think about it. I want you to think about what was going on here. In the middle of the desert, probably never rained, build a big boat because flood's coming. So imagine, uh, again, I always think about uh, putting myself in those situations, the ridicule that he would have faced. You know, sometimes you've got to think his family must have thought he was a little crazy. Uh, 120 years and nothing, um, except working on this boat day in and day out. Uh, <laughs> and that's what they did, worked on the boat, got it ready, 120 years. Now, um, so now in Genesis 7, we're going to see things start to happen. And um, we know that uh, when we read it, I'm just going to give you a little preamble, so when I'm reading it, you'll, you'll see what's happened. The rains start on the 17th day of the second month. Um, and on the 10th day of that month... Um, Noah and his family um, were told by God to move into the ark. So, so they had a week. They began to move in. You know, moving doesn't happen like that. 
Anybody here ever moved before? Takes a, it takes a week. God even knows back then. It took him a week. Oh, we got a week. Okay, we got to move. And so even after 120 years of getting it ready, now it was time to move in. And so on the, on the 10th day uh, of the second month, they begin to move into the ark, and they begin the process, I believe, of you know, getting everything ready, you know, finishing up and getting their stuff in there. And they have a week to do that, but I believe they, were, you know, they moved in that 10th day. And so they were, you know, but they weren't stuck on the boat yet. Uh, they were coming out, and the animals were probably you know, being sent to them in a divine way, and they were taking care of them and getting everything loaded. They had a week to make that happen. They had a week to make that take place. Um, and so that, that final week of the flood, you know, it finally had come after 120 years. God says, get in. You got a week. And so they did. And again, think about that. I mean, just, just the process of that. And, and then um, finally on that last day, the 17th day, they go in for the last time. And God shuts the door, makes it safe. It's pretty cool. You know, God, shut, God shut the door. So he apparently had told him not to make a provision for shutting the door themselves. He would take care of that. And so he gets them all safely in and shuts the door. And then there they are. Now they're, now they're in the boat. Um, and uh, I don't, you, know, you wonder, because like in the portrayal of the movie, as the boat door shuts, you know, it starts to sprinkle. You don't know how long even that. Well, it started, but, but you don't know. And, and so then it started to rain. Uh, and uh, it continued. And however else the, the waters came and the flood waters came and everything, it started to rain. But, but apparently the way it did, the boat just began to lift up. And, you know, did humanity go running to the ark too late? We don't know. I mean, again, that's what you see in the pictures, but, but we don't know. But it, it was the day of reckoning. We'll look at that. Um, it was God's judgment on, on a world that had gone completely south at that point. And um, in effect, the floodgates of heaven are open, the springs of the great deep birth forth, and the highest mountains were covered by water. And, um, and, and, and so at some level, over that 120 years, these people could have repented. I think it was a big picture of what was happening. Um, it's not like they didn't have an opportunity. God, when you read the Old Testament, you'll see some things you, you question. You're like, why was God like that? It was always after a huge period of time for people to repent and change, and they refused. They absolutely refused. And refuse, refusing to repent ends up in judgment. I mean, that's, that's how that thing works. But there's this huge time that God gives. God is so gracious and merciful. People go, that doesn't seem like a gracious God. That's, we know that last 120 years was an opportunity for them to repent. They refused. All these people just refused. And, and, um, and so that happens. So the rains start. The rains last 40 days, but don't forget that that's not the end of the story. So after 40 days, the rains stop, which is the 27th day of the third month. The water continues to rise for another 110 days. So don't think it was 40 and then they were out. Another 110 days. Um, and it reaches its peak at 150 days. And, um, and then it, the ark at that point rests on a mountain peak. Uh, in, in, uh, in Ararat, where this little flag came from. We'll see that next chapter. It takes 150 days from that point for the water to recede. And that takes us to the 12th month on the 17th day. And then two months and 10 days later, Noah and his family leave the ark and they set the animals free. And from the day that God shut them in, they had been in the ark a year and 10 days. They'd moved in a, the week before, so a year and 17 days from the time, but, but shut in one year and ten days. That's, think about it. I mean, that's, a, that's a, it's quite a deal. All right. Having that in mind, let's look at the verses. Genesis 7, beginning in verse 1. The Lord then said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and your whole family, because I have found you righteous in this generation. 
Take with you seven of every kind of clean animal, a male and its mate, and two of every kind of clean animal, a male and its mate, and also seven of every kind of bird, male and female, to keep their various kinds alive throughout the earth. Seven days from now I will send rain on the earth for forty days and forty nights, and I will wipe from the face of the earth every living creature I have made. And Noah did all the Lord commanded him. Noah was six hundred years old when the floodwaters came on the earth. And Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives entered the ark to escape the waters of the flood. Pairs of clean and unclean animals, of birds and of all creatures that moved along the ground, male and female, came to Noah and entered the ark, as God had commanded Noah. And after the seven days, the floodwaters came on the earth. In the six hundred year of Noah's life, on the seventeenth day of the second month, on that day all the springs of the great deep burst forth, and the floodgates of the heavens were opened. And rain fell on the earth forty days and forty nights. On that very day, Noah and his sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, together with his wife and the wives of his three sons, entered the ark. They had with them every wild animal according to its kind, all livestock according to their kinds, every creature that moves along the ground according to its kind, and every bird according to its kind, everything with rings. Pairs of all creatures that have the breath of life in them came to Noah and entered the ark. The animals going in were male and female of every living thing as God had commanded Noah. Then the Lord shut him in. For forty days the flood kept coming on the earth, and as the waters increased, they lifted the ark high above the earth. The waters rose and increased gently, greatly on the earth, and the ark floated on the surface of the water. They rose greatly on the earth, and all the high mountains under the entire heavens were covered. The waters rose and covered the mountains to a depth of more than twenty feet. Every living thing that moved on the earth perished, birds, livestock, wild animals, all the creatures that swam, swarm over the earth, and all mankind. Everything on dry land that had the breath of life in its nostrils died. Every living thing on the face of the earth was wiped out. Men and animals and creatures that moved along the ground and the birds of the air were wiped from the earth. Only Noah was left and those with him in the ark. The waters flooded the earth for 150 days. Blessed be the word of the Lord. So, there we have the encounter of what's taking place and what's happening with Noah and the ark. So just a few uh, things now, you know, um, verse 1 again, um, the ark was finished, and, and Noah, um, he, he's just a faithful guy. Um, um, he's been waiting for directions from God, the directions come, and he um, begins the journey and gets his family moving in the process. Um, all of the animals, and, and you know, people often speculate, how could the ark hold all the animals? But then, you know, if you read on, it's a great, these are great studies, you know. Uh, and I encourage you when you have a question like that um, uh, research it a little uh, Google is a fascinating tool but be careful of the sites that you use but, but uh, there's some interesting and wonderful things that come up and you can find out a lot about what was happening and it's great research um, but, but most of the evidence points to the fact that the ark the way it was designed and created and how big it was could easily house um, everything that it needed to house at that point in time as they came to the Lord. Um, also, it's kind of interesting, I don't know if you've ever kind of thought about it, um, you know, it's seven kinds of certain animals and, and a pair of, uh, you know, seven kinds of clean, and, or seven, but it says seven, and I actually think that the seven is three pairs, male and female, and one extra. And you think, why the extra one? Well, that, there was sacrifice that was going to continue on in this journey, so these were clean creatures, and they were brought along for that. So I, I think the seven is three pairs, a male and a female, and uh, an extra um, that will be you know, offered to God throughout the process. Uh, and then one pair of the unclean animals were brought, and, and the, 
the three pairs of clean animals, as soon as they were released, would begin to repopulate the earth, as would the pair of the unclean, and, and uh, this would take place, and so off they went, but, you know, there was big animals and little animals and all sorts of everything that crawled around, and they had them all on the ark. Even the mosquitoes, apparently, I don't know. <laughs> They're flying insects. Did they make it on the, I don't know. That would have been a good one not to have make the flood survived, right? But they did. Um, so you have all those things going on. They went in two and two. Um, so, uh, you know, people, I think, often wonder, well, did they go out and gather all these animals? I think God just had them show up. Did God do that? Absolutely. Um, God's in charge of everything. And you could easily say, okay, guys, go. And off the animals would go. They'd get ready and be there in time and get ready to get on the boat and all that good stuff. Um, and I said in verse 16, the Lord shuts him in. That's a big deal. Um, it, it, the, it, literally, the, the Lord shut him in means covered him round about. And so I kind of like the idea of that. God's protection. God's hand was on him. Um, he was, uh, Noah and his family were the object of special protection and divine care from the Lord. And, and um, I like that picture. Because that's the kind of, I, I believe that's in Christ. Now that's the same picture. The Lord, we, we have, you know, protection from the Lord forever. That doesn't mean we don't go through difficult stuff. It just means that he's got us through ever um, uh, in the process. And then in verse 17... Uh, the waters increased, the ark starts to, you know, uh, float, and, and um, they're, they're, they're heading up. The water rises to uh, up more than 20 feet, 15 cubits is what it says, and uh, uh, somewhere, um, 22 and a half feet would that be, or the NIV calls it over 20 feet. Now, we get to this point, there are some theories, um, or a theory, that this is not a worldwide flood. Um, that that um, some people believe um, that they in, in order to sometimes people will try and make scripture fit into science instead of the other way around because the scripture is always true when, when scripture and science don't line up it's because the science is bad not that science is good but you know it's biased and interpreted funny and all those other things when they don't mesh it's not the scripture that's wrong ever and it always works its way out, even in our own lives. You will see that it will work its way out. Everything that comes up, they go, oh, over time, it'll work its way out because the Scripture's true, and, and it's, we can count on it. So some have um, you know, believed that this, this flood was actually limited to what the writer could see at the time, uh, and, and it was limited in scope. To, to being sort of a, you know, a flood in that period and that the, the writer of Genesis is, is the, using the language of appearance. This is what it looked like to him. And some people believe in that, but uh, I, I don't at all believe in that. The, the language that we read, um, that this is a universal judgment, and if you start to think about the scriptures, um, you know, he says, from the face of the earth and that every living thing and... and um, the mountains were covered to such a height that the ark could float over them and then eventually settle on a peak um, that the entire planet was ultimately and completely immersed. And also the, the fossil record really is, is very easy to match up to a universal flood. It, it looks right when you look at the fossil record because as the water would increase, different things would have been dying and it fits in with the, perfectly with the, the fossil record that we have uh, in, in layers moving back. And, and, and if it wasn't universal, um, then, then there's a lot of stuff that we have issues with that people aren't thinking through. 
Um, if it wasn't a universal flood, why would God give the rainbow as a universal sign of his covenant, which we'll read about in Genesis 9? And um, why would people in a local area need such a sign? And if it was just a local event, um, why, did Noah have, uh, why did God have Noah build such a big boat to save in the animals? Why didn't he just tell him he had 120 years? You should move. <laughs> Wouldn't that have been a whole lot easier? Big boat or just move. I need you to move another county over. You're going to be okay. So it doesn't make sense. And also God promised that he would never send another flood like that one. And um, if it wasn't a universal flood, then God's not holding up to his word because huge floods have happened since in you know, certain places that have been, had devastating impact um, in our own time. Uh, lots of those things have happened. And so um, really just reading the text, you know, it has to convince us that what they're talking about is a universal judgment. And the science then ultimately bears that out, and it does. Um, but, but anyway, people, you know, we're always trying to find places where they can uh, sort of have issues with those things. And so the flood bears witness to universal sin and judgment. Peter, also, the Apostle Peter actually talks quite a bit about Noah's experience. And he sees it as a picture of salvation in faith through faith in Christ Jesus, um, which I believe it's a type of the whole process, and, and that, um, you know, the only way that the, Noah and his family could be saved was through the ark, and for us, the only way that we can be saved is in Christ, and uh, he protects us from the judgment, he covers us, he, he, all those things are pictures of what happens in Jesus for us. Jesus is, in effect, our ark um, through, through the storm. Um, in 1 Peter 3, 18, it says, Christ died for our sins once and for all, the righteous for the unrighteous to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive by the Spirit, through whom he also went and preached to the spirits in prison who disobeyed long ago. When God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built in it, only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water. This water symbolizes baptism that now saves you, uh, not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a good conscience toward God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who had gone into heaven, and is in, uh, who has gone into heavens at God's right hand with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to him. And it's a picture of us coming to Christ in whom we find life and eternal life as our Lord and Savior. The importance of being baptized we just talked about in that process of one of the two ordinances that the church was given and um, that this whole thing is a type of Jesus. The ark and the being spared from judgment and all the things that happen in the process. And so um, you know and we, we what we are about to celebrate. You know Jesus uh, he, he died and was buried and he rose again are all pictured in, in this whole process uh, in, in what we see there. And so um, all that's kind of happening in that chapter. And that that's, covers it pretty well, I think. There's more and we'll pick up more and more as we go um, in the process. So now just remember where we left it. The, uh, the water's receding. And in Genesis 8, we'll, we'll pick up some more information. We'll see what happens as they wait now for the waters to completely subside so they can get back and... Uh, off the boat. So that's good. If you're watching my video, thank you. And uh, we'd love to see you soon. And um, if you need prayer, go to the website. There's a prayer page, and you can just fill it out, and we'll pray for you. But we're going to shut it down right